You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Welcome to the Roof English Podcast. My name is Darren Adam. Thank you very much for your time and for your company. And thank you to my guest today, Paulina, joins me, who describes herself as the Mexican uh, Viking and has been in Iceland from Mexico. For, for how long now, Paulina? I have been here since 2009. Okay. So already for almost 14 years. Well, I always start when we talk to people who are new Icelanders, being one myself, I always start by asking what the attraction for you was of Iceland. Why did you want to come here? This is a very long story. Okay. And actually, it's not <laughs> like the, well, not the country itself, but it is a whale. So it was because of Keiko, the killer whale, who was born in mm. Wasman Islands. And actually, he used to live in Mexico. Uh, I am from Mexico City. And this used to be a big attraction for me when I was a child. I wanted to study marine biologist to be a killer whale trainer back then. So I followed my dream, and in high school I made several projects about Iceland, actually, mm. English projects to learn the language. And then at the university I got the opportunity to come to Iceland as an exchange student at the University of Reykjavik. I am a business administrator, and I said, like, why not? Iceland, it has always been my dream. Of course, my parents were shocked. I'm an only child, and they first didn't want to allow me to come here, but... I got like really good grades. I got yeah. a scholarship. I was like, you know, I have free housing. Then I just have to work maybe for food. And they just let me come. So yeah. this was the reason why I came to Iceland. I, I mean, Mexico City in many ways is like the opposite of Iceland. I've, I've lucky enough to have been to the, the city, capital of Mexico. It's right in the heart of the country. It's very far from the water. It's a population of, what, 25 million people. It's a huge, dense mm -hmm. urban city. It's tremendous fun, but it's very, very different from Iceland, isn't it? Completely different. Is that part of the attraction, do you think? Mm. No, but maybe the pictures, like the way you see Scandinavian is completely different from Mexico, Mexico, and I just felt here like a dream. So actually, I didn't research more much about Iceland. Like, you know, back then we didn't have the Internet as advanced as nowadays. Mm. So this was just more like an adventure. I just wanted to have a really nice exchange experience because before I had gone to Canada and it was not very pleasant. So I just wanted to change things up. And in Canada, I used to be around lots of exchange students. So here in Iceland, I said, I'm just going to be more involved in the local culture with local people. And I'm just going to change this to make it much better for myself. And, and once you were here, you fell in love. You met your Icelandic husband. Yeah, actually, yeah. I just because I decided to meet a lot of Icelandic people, I invited myself to several parties, <laughs> just being very Mexican, completely different to Icelandic culture. <laughs> you know, I remember when I first came, I was dressed up in very colorful dresses and I was just, you know, very loud and very like trying to hug people and kiss them in the cheeks and stuff like that, just like you do in Mexico. And people were just like, you know, going away from me, looking very weirdly. I went to, you know, this quote-unquote party, which basically it was just like a gathering. And then, yeah, exactly. That's where I met my husband. We were the only two who were not drinking back then. We were just drinking tea and talking. So, yeah, I met him. And after, yeah, we got married after a short time, actually, after eight months or so. I was supposed to be only here for six months, but I extended my stay for one year. And... Yeah, I have been in, mm. in Iceland since then. 
Because some people that come to Iceland, and I've spoken to people on the podcast in this position, had no sort of expectation about the country at all. They hadn't done any research. In fact, some of my guests decided just to get on the plane with no knowledge at all. You'd obviously had an interest in Iceland. When you first came here, did it match up to your expectations? I was very focused on studying. Yeah. So this was mainly my thing. But... I didn't really have expectations about the country. I just knew that it was like, you know, my goal was to make a really nice experience. So I made a big effort to get involved in the society. So I joined like also the groups at school um, to participate more in some excursions and other things. And just to try to meet of people and about the country. Actually, my first year, I didn't travel much mm. because I got a job on the weekends, so and I was studying Monday to Friday, so it was very difficult. But I just knew that I wanted to be around the ocean, so that's one, one, one really nice thing. And living in the capital area, like surrounded by water, mm. so it was just like really nice. It is amazing, isn't it, that you can be in a city like Reykjavik, which is a proper city, has everything you'd want from a big city, from a capital city, but you're never really more than 15 or 20 minutes away if you want to be from some you know, stunning scenery or indeed the ocean, as you say. Mm -hmm. I used to go downtown and sit on the rocks and just imagine myself as the little mermaid and singing and like just looking at the mountains, like just really picturesque scenario. So it's just like very amazing. And, you mm. know, looking at the sky, seeing the stars coming from Mexico City. I mean, you can see pollution. <laughs> so this is just like completely different. And during winter, seeing the Via Lactea. So like just amazing things yeah. that you cannot see. I mean, just the way you can see the moon, it's just completely different. You know what it was for me is the tap water here in Iceland. I was thinking that this morning. I had a glass of cold, crisp water straight from the tap. But you can drink safely from the tap in many places around the world. But I don't think it tastes as good anywhere else. Exactly. I have heard the same from other friends that they have traveled abroad and it's like, I, I just miss the Icelandic water. <laughs> I mean, it is just amazing how many things we have here that, like, for example, like washing the the fruits, the vegetables, you don't really have to disinfect them. Like in Mexico, you have to put some drops of something, leave them soak, like peel them, w wash them properly and so on and so forth. So there are like so many things that... Mm are very nice and very convenient. Just heating up the water. You know, in Mexico, you have to turn off the, the boiler and other things like that. So it is a very pra practical life in a way in Iceland. And what I like as well is that it is very focused to the family. So this is something that I really enjoy about the country. I've heard that too. I'm not a parent myself, but I have heard from guests and indeed friends that as a place to bring children up, Iceland has many qualities to recommend it. Mm -hmm. I like yeah, the way that also you can be a parent and you can also be a professional. You can focus on your work, um, that it is very balanced life mm -hmm. compared to, for example, Mexico, where I come from. Like in my upbringing, I just remember my parents dropping me off at school, taking care that I was not going to go out, that I was safe. Just the parks themselves being in a close environment and yeah, everything more rigid. And here I have two kids. They are age eight and nine. And it is just very amazing how we allow them to go walking to school on their own. They can take the bus. And it is just very relaxing life. Like if they get sick or something, you can just talk to your employer and ask them to have the day off or something like that. Like because it's in the regulations. 
But in Mexico, if you take more than one day off, maybe it's you, you know, you put your work in risk. Mm -hmm. So I like very much um, the country itself, although it also has its not so nice things. What would you say they are? I find it's a very elitist country or like a very, um, I take it personal. I find it, it's, it's a new country. So there, we are very few foreigners uh, coming in Iceland. I mean, just up to recent years, we have been increasing. And it is very difficult for Icelanders to accept the fact that there are foreign people in the country. I mean, just when I applied for my student visa, visa back then in 2009, I was calling Utlending uh, Stopnum, the immigrate, uh, immigration, over the phone to ask them for some information about the visa. And they just replied back in Icelandic. I was like, I'm just applying for a visa. I have no idea about the language. I mean, but it's completely different being here when people look at me. I am not white. I'm not dark. I'm Latin American looking. And I start speaking to people in Icelandic and they reply back to me in English. It feels really bad. It's like, okay, you know, maybe I have an accent, yes, but I am making an effort and I actually had to change my name into Icelandic just to be able to get jobs in Iceland. And actually I sent to a company the same CV, but with two different names and no picture. And I got um, called back with my Icelandic name. So it is very sad to see that. And I actually had to put my picture in white and black just for that reason. So it is very sad. And I see it also with my kids. One of them, she's more like me, and my son is more white. And with her, I see it's it's different at school as well with the kids. It's horrible that that's been the experience to the extent that it has. I'm thinking about my own experience as someone who, well, you can see me here, right? Sort of tall and blonde and blue-eyed. Mm-hmm. So people have always spoken to me for as long as we've been coming here. Even since our first trip in 1998, people here speak to me in Icelandic, which is what I want because I'm learning the language. But in your case, because you don't have the same colouring, you feel that people are going to default to a language other than Icelandic when they talk to you. Yes. But now, actually, it's happening also to my Icelandic husband, who is, I mean, of course, very white, blue eyes and everything. Now people are starting to speak to him in English at work, thinking that maybe he's a Polish or something like that. So I don't know. It is changing. Like, it is very difficult to guess, like, who is born in Iceland and who is a foreigner in Iceland or born with foreign parents living in Iceland from forever. So, but I guess that it would be very nice for yeah everybody to have the default of speaking to somebody in Icelandic. Yeah. And then if the person doesn't feel confident about it, just like say, please, can you speak to me in English? Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, if I already started speaking in Icelandic, then why? And how is your Icelandic? I feel very confident that it is really good. It's in a good level. Mm-hmm. It is not perfect. I studied it in some uh, courses for about three months when I first came. And I was very, um, very focused in learning it when I first, like after my first year. I really wanted to learn it. So I was very motivated about it. And I learned actually by looking into the Donald Duck comic books. Oh, really? So this is the way that Icelandic people learn Danish. And this is the way I wanted to learn Icelandic. So that's how I did it. And I learned the best by also practicing in some jobs that I had as a waiter. That helped me a lot to repeat the same things over and over again. Like, do you want a hamburger? Do you want a soda? Or something like that. And of course, people praising you by like, okay, you are making an effort, like good for you. 
And after that, I was a little bit lazy about learning it properly. So I haven't gone to the university as many people just because it doesn't, it's not compatible with the work life to being a full, being a full-time student and stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I think as long as you are giving the opportunity to practice it and also you feel good about it, like, okay, I know that maybe I'm making efforts, but I'm going to do it anyways, instead of blocking yourself up with, I don't know it very well, so maybe I'll just go to my safe, safe language, maybe mm. either Spanish or English. Okay. Now, I want to talk about your YouTube channel, where in Spanish you express your passion for Iceland, which I think is obvious to a, a Spanish audience, but not Spanish speakers in Iceland necessarily. Exactly. So my ch YouTube ch channel, it's called La Vikinga Mexicana, so the Mexican Viking. And I started doing it during the pandemic um, because many people were starting to ask me long, from long before, like people who visit me, like something about Icelandic culture. Mm. Like, what about the Santa Claus? What about Christmas? And every time somebody came, I became kind of a tourist guide. I actually used to work at some time as a tourist guide. So I am just like very passionate to share about the country and these little details that I really enjoy and that are completely different from my culture. Just, yeah, like the Santa Clauses, you know, like sharing these things. So I was like, okay, why not sharing like not only with my relatives and my friends, but also with other people who mm -hmm. might be interested in the country and just showing them as well about it. I actually started it as a podcast where I started like very long conversations about like how I came to Iceland and, and some other very interesting topics like the law of the flag, you know, <laughs> like I didn't know that there was a law of the flags, like how you should put them up, how they should look and all the permits that you need to have to put them in a cup or something like that. So I started as a podcast, but then I wanted to show people also how the country looks and some other things. And that's when I started also doing like the podcast along the YouTube channel. Mm. And yeah, to show people like a Spanish speaker living abroad about the country, about my life or the life of an immigrant with kids and family in Iceland. And also about the culture, just uh, about the different celebrations that you have mm. that, that we have here. Well, as we said, it's not intended for Spanish speakers within Iceland. But do you know if there are many? There are, yeah, I don't know exactly how many Icelandic, uh, Spanish, Spanish speakers, speakers in are Iceland. in Iceland, but we are a very big group. And now there are, of course, many more coming that are uh, seeking for asylum. And yeah, I haven't really been promoting my channel there, but I have information that it could be helpful for them yeah. as well. Yeah. Just uh, I know that there are like many new, new people that want to get to know their way around the country. Just showing them different resources about living in Iceland. Like I show them the pages that you need to visit, for example, when you visit Iceland or mm. when you live here, the road administration, the weather, how to dress up, and so some other things like about school. There yeah. is a lot, uh, many questions about it because it's completely different from when, where we come from. Do you get a good response? It sounds as if you're getting these questions that you're going to get a good response when you provide the answers. Yes, I have like many people who are always replying, always attentive about it. And I didn't know, like I am, uh, I'm doing this for a passion. So I didn't know how, you know, I don't look into numbers and like being obsessed about it. But I, I just got to know how important my job was 
when I was one day at the gym and then I uh, heard some Spanish speakers behind me and I started making conversation with them. And then they just looked at me and they were like, huh, are you La Vikinga Mexicana? And I was like, yes. Are you her? Yes. Then they told me that they they used to listen to me when they lived in their home country in Colombia. Okay. So, and then wow. just like they came here and like people are listening to me and they are like making decisions about coming to Iceland and researching more about it. Like they yeah. are getting attracted to the country. So, yeah. Well, we here on the Roove English podcast, of course, bring Iceland and Roove to the world, ideally in English. So maybe someone is listening who is also a Spanish speaker somewhere in the world. If they want to find out more, just give me the details again of your YouTube channel and where that can be found. So, yeah, I'm in YouTube and also in all the podcast platforms as La Vikinga Mexicana. And my name is Pau, and this is the way I always introduce myself. So maybe I said it too often, Pau, La Vikinga Mexicana. (laughs) Well, it's been a pleasure to meet you today, Pau. Thank you so much for your time. And I think the excellent work that you're doing as well, because... You know, moving from one country to another, whichever countries we're talking about, is no mean feat. It's a, it's a difficult and, and complicated process. So I think anything that helps people with that process is, is to be welcomed. And as I say, it sounds like you're getting the appreciation for that, which is great. Yes, I do. And thank you very much for your time. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been great to meet you today. Pau, thank you very much indeed. This is the Roove English podcast. Get in touch with Roove English anytime. English at ruv.is. You're listening to the Roof English Podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.